Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hey yo everybody, what's going on? Welcome into Xander's Facts. I am of course the aforementioned Xander, and no this is not a new episode of the Xander's Facts podcast. It is a Xander's Facts flashback, but I do have some new content for you all this week on Wednesday, July 26th, because... The Women's World Cup has been going on, and if you didn't listen to our podcast last week where we did a 90-minute preview on all 32 teams of the Women's World Cup and predicted who's going to win the tournament, you should go do that. But we've gone through about a week of games so far, so I'm going to give you a little insights. My teams that are looking really good right now, teams that aren't the U.S. women, of course, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but before we do, just wanted to remind you all... That if you like the Zaders Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like this flashback this week, then remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, this Zaders Facts flashback, rate and review the podcast, and then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Zaders Facts, that is Zader with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts! Zaders Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Zaders Weekend Facts, recap of the week's top headlines. If you didn't know, it's free every Sunday morning on Substack. Check it out. Link is in this episode's description. Also, check out the Zaders Facts link tree, which is also linked in this episode's description because that has all the links for everything Zaders Facts. That's got all the facts on the Zaders Facts link tree, which is also linked below. So go check all those out. Before we get to this week's flashback, which, if you didn't know, is episode 92, going back to February, which was our second anniversary of the podcast, by the way. We talked about augmented reality, virtual reality, how those are going to transform our futures, how I think those are going to be the next big technologies. We had the computer, the laptop, and then the phone, and the HDTV. This could be as big as those, potentially. So we talk about those. On episode 92, which is going to be our flashback this week. So if you haven't listened to that, you're in luck. If you have, you should listen to it anyways, because there's probably a bunch of facts you missed out on. I mean, when there's so many facts on a podcast, it gets hard to, you know, retain them all. So even if you listen, you should check it out. But before we get to that, I just wanted to do a little bit of an update on the Women's World Cup, which is going on right now in Australia and New Zealand. It has totally messed up my sleep schedule because the game's... Some of them are good, like the U.S. game has been at 9 p.m. There was a game on Monday night at 10 p.m., but most of them are at 1, 3, 6 a.m., which usually are not times where I'm fully focused or aware of anything. So, it's been a bit of an issue. But I think I've seen every match so far because I've been watching all the replays. And let me just tell you all, because I know a lot of people want me to get to the U.S. women's team, because that's our team, y'all. Two-time defending world champions. They played Vietnam back on Friday night, which at 9 p.m., that was a pretty good time. The rest of them have not been so great. But they played Vietnam. They won 3-0, which, you know, usually you'd be like, oh, well, that's pretty good. But, of course, you look back on the U.S.'s first group stage game four years ago against Thailand, They won that 13-0. Now, they still played really well. They had 28 or so shots on goal, so they definitely played like they could have scored 13. They only had 7 or so shots on target. But they played really well. They had the majority of the possession, of course, against Vietnam, 66%. The Vietnam goalkeeper, though, was really good. She was saving a bunch of stuff. So we probably should have had more goals, definitely. But still, 
3-0, and then you take a look at all the other teams in this tournament, and it's, I'll tell you why I'm not really concerned, because I thought they played really well. There's a bunch of players who are going to be big contributors of this team, as we talked about. You're hearing all the stuff we talked about last week on the Women's World Cup Preview Podcast, so if you haven't listened to that, again, you should go do so. But there's going to be a lot of key players for the U.S. who are making their debuts in the World Cup. Sophia Smith, who played on the left wing, who scored two goals in her World Cup debut. That's her first World Cup game. On the other side, you had Trinity Rodman in defense. You had Naomi Gurma, who I thought played really well in defense. Like... A bunch of these players, and these are, you know, key players, two of our three attackers in that match, that was their first World Cup match. We also would have had another goal if Alex Morgan shot just a little better. But we are name buddies, so I can give her a pass. And it was Vietnam. But she had a penalty, and it was saved, unfortunately. But, of course, Vietnam didn't score. It was 3-0, and they had a total of zero shots, which should have happened. So it wasn't, you know, the scoreline is 3-0, and if you've been following the U.S. team, you're like, it should have been more than 3-0. But it's not the performance where you kind of go like, oh my gosh, we're not gonna win the World Cup. It's like, you know what? They're gonna get better than this. It's gonna be okay. Now, the match that uh, they kind of do need to prove something, though, is coming up, like, tonight. Wednesday, July 26th, 9 p.m. Eastern, thankfully. 9 p.m., that's a pretty good time. On Fox and Telemundo is against the Netherlands. That's the big game in the group. That's That might be the highest profile group stage match of all the groups in this tournament because it is a rematch of last time's final back in 2019 when the U.S. won 2-0, by the way. But now we can transition to some other teams here. The Netherlands, they didn't look so dominant in their match. Their match was against Portugal. Portugal's making their first World Cup, just like Vietnam is. Netherlands only won 1-0 because of a goal in the 13th minute. So when you see that, you're like, uh-oh, the Netherlands, are, they're just going to pile it on. But they didn't. It was just 1-0 for the Netherlands. They obviously looked like the better team against Portugal, but that's a game where they only had 12 total shots. So maybe they're just warming up for the U.S. game. But Netherlands didn't look that impressive in their first match, and I told you this wasn't really the same team that made it to the World Cup final four years ago. It was a big surprise to make the World Cup final four years ago, by the way. Their manager is now with England. Let's get to England, by the way, because England played Haiti in their first World Cup match. You remember I was like, Haiti, if they were to make a statement last week, I said this, they should probably beat England. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know what? Haiti played a really good match. It was only 1-0 to England, which, and it was a penalty in the 29th minute. By the way... It was a retaken penalty because the first penalty had been saved. Turns out the keeper kind of moved forward a little early. Both of her feet were off the line. You need at least one foot on the line when the ball is hit. So England's only goal was a retaken penalty. They had 19 shots. They didn't play that poorly in attack, but Haiti had seven shots. Two of them were on target, including one. And I would say past the 80th minute of the match, which was, if you were an England fan, well, I bet that was kind of scary. If you were watching, because it was at 6 a.m. or so, I was actually up to watch that match. But listen, the way England played, you don't have really cause for concern with how the U.S. played. Maybe even how the Netherlands played, because Portugal is, you know, they're okay. But 
England, because of kind of like the U.S., all the injuries England's been facing, including to their captain, with the U.S., you can kind of, you know, you don't really want to push it aside, but you're like, they can handle this better because of all the depth that they have that's led them to winning the last two World Cups. With England, you really don't have that. Now, you've got players who they're trying to make work, and we'll see what happens with England, but England is one of those teams where you're kind of like, there may be cause for concern. Now, we'll see. They play Denmark. That's probably the biggest game in their group. England and Denmark, Friday morning at 4.30 a.m. Ugh. If they can kind of run away against Denmark, then maybe those will be put to bed. But for now, it's kind of concerning. Now, you take a look on the other side of the coin, the team set of really impressed. Spain beat Costa Rica 3-0. That's kind of what they were expected to do. But Spain, a lot of people have been saying, are one of the U.S.'s top challengers. I had them going out in the round of 16, so I don't know. We'll see. Japan beat Zambia 5-0. Up until that, that was Saturday, so up until that point, that was the biggest win of the match because we had the first day, New Zealand beat Norway 1-0, Australia beat Ireland 1-0. Australia, by the way, is without their star player, Sam Kerr, so you kind of give them a pass for now. Hopefully, she'll be back for their third group stage match. Canada and Nigeria, 0-0, though. That's problematic for Canada because not only did you not play well, but you only got a point in a group with... Australia, and a lot of people think Ireland could do something interesting too. So that could be maybe not so great for Canada. But then on Monday, we had two teams who really impressed Germany 6 0 over Morocco. I had them going to the final. If you watch that match, you can see why. Brazil 4 0 over Panama. So Brazil looked pretty impressive. And then in that same group, France 0. Jamaica nil. I mean, that's huge for Jamaica, right? They're getting a draw with France. They're not the men's team, France, in that prestige level in the women's game. But France is still really good in the women's game, so that's pretty massive for Jamaica. And again, if you're France, just like Canada, you didn't play well and you only got a point. Which means you kind of need to win. You kind of, you know, against Brazil, I mean, at at least against Panama, that's must win now. You have to beat Panama. And then against Brazil, you need to compete in order to, you know, potentially what happens with Panama and Jamaica and their other matches. Like, now we're talking about it may come down to the final matches in the group stage for you to decide or, you know, to know if you're getting out of the group, which can be a little troubling. And of course, Looking at the men's tournament last year, big teams can go out in the group stage. Belgium, Germany, somebody picked Germany to win the World Cup, I think, last year. On this podcast, I don't know who would do that. But either way, through about a week of the Women's World Cup, there's no signs yet to panic for the U.S. Everybody's like, the world has caught up to the U.S. They are no longer dominant. They won't win. Of course, they said that for the last however many World Cups. And it, you know, the world is getting much better. But they're all like, the U.S. is getting worse. I don't think the U.S. is getting worse. But you know what? Big test match. Tonight, Wednesday, 9 p.m., Fox and Telemundo against the Netherlands. And then next Tuesday, it's their final group stage match against Portugal at 3 a.m. Hopefully they can beat the Netherlands, and then I won't have to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch that. So they can already have won the group, hopefully. But, uh, I don't know, we'll see. I'll probably get up and watch anyway. 
I'm a diehard American fan. So that's basically my new content for the week on what we've got with the Women's World Cup. Now let's get to our Xander's Facts flashback. As I said, we're going back to February, episode 92, celebrating two years of facts in AR, talking about augmented reality and virtual reality, the difference between the two, if you didn't know, and how I think they are going to be a major technology in the future, kind of like the phone or the HDTV or all the great technological stuff we have. So you know what? Let's get to it. We are going back to February, episode 92, talking about virtual reality and augmented reality on this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Xander's Facts. So now let's get to our big topic this week, because it is our two-year anniversary, and usually when it's an anniversary or a celebration of a birthday or something, you look backwards, and you look at all the stuff you've done previously. But this week, we're not going to do that. We're going to look forwards to the future, and we're going to do it in a new reality, if you get what I'm saying, because this week, we are talking about a future with new realities. That sounds pretty cool. So, to start all this off, you might have been around back in the day when personal computers and laptops basically changed the world. They were the big, the next big thing in technology. Oh my gosh, I have my own computer and I can search the internet and stuff. And then more of you were probably around when smartphones changed the world in the late 2000s and the early 2010s. So, smartphones are now the dominant technology in our lives. I'm holding my phone in my hand right now. We have them in our hands and we're looking at them 24-7. But just like laptops and computers, which we still use, by the way, all the time, but they've been replaced in their popularity by smartphones, smartphones are going to be the most popular thing forever. Are you sure? Right? You would think because we have these cycles. So what is the next technology going to be? Well, we're going to spend our segment this week talking about what I believe to be one candidate and probably the best candidate for that position of what the next big technology is going to be. This week, we are talking about AR and VR. What are you talking about? Augmented reality and virtual reality. You've probably heard of them and you may have even used them, but do you know what they are? Do you know what their capabilities are? And do you even know what the differences are between the two? Well, those are questions that we're going to be answering on this week's podcast. We are talking about AR and VR this week on the podcast as we look ahead to the future. So let's get to it. We're going to start by talking about AR, augmented reality. You've probably heard of it before, but you probably have no idea what it means. So, augmented reality, usually just hear it as AR, is a technology that superimposes a computer-generated image on a user's view of the real world, thus providing a composite view. That's according to Oxford Languages, which is the definition you get from Google. But in simpler terms, you're basically overlaying something like an image or a character onto the real world. It's like adding something to the world that isn't actually there. Well, okay, Zader, we see this all the time on movies and TV shows and such. Like, have you ever seen 
how they do a weather report. They have a green screen. That stuff isn't actually there. Well, that's not what I'm talking about, because that's something else. Those are computer image graphics. CGI is what it's called. Computer-generated images. We're talking about this going on in real time, because I don't know if you remember this game from several years ago. Feels like a million years ago now. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go to the polls. Pokemon Go to the polls! If you remember that, you could basically use your phone camera to see the Pokemon right in front of you on your phone screen. Like it was on the sidewalk in front of you on your phone screen, but it wasn't actually there. Well, I'm going to tell you this. That was probably the first interaction that you had with augmented reality. And you also know there's those apps that let you place a piece of furniture in a room that you take a picture of or that you're looking at with your camera on your phone, or you can change the paint color on a wall. That's augmented reality too. So technically, AR is not the future, since it's already here and we're using it. But we're really only experiencing its beginnings, and we'll get to those possibilities that it has in a second, because it's got some very exciting possibilities, more than just looking at Pokemon. Watch it, buddy! But we've also got something else that's not quite augmented reality or AR, but it kind of gets grouped in with it. It's commonly associated with it, and that's VR, virtual reality. You might know a bit more about virtual reality. But there are some key differences between AR and VR. So basically, VR is creating its own world or environment. So augmented reality is just adding on to the existing world. So for instance, AR, you have the Pokemon. You see the Pokemon on the sidewalk. In VR, you're in a Pokemon world. And you're probably saying, well, that's basically just a video game or a cartoon or whatever, and we've had those forever. That's CGI again. But we're not talking about just watching something or playing a game on a TV screen with a controller or whatever. We're talking about being immersed in that video game or in that new environment. Techopedia, which is a website, defines virtual reality as, quote, a technology that allows a user to carry out actions in a digital environment yet feel as if they are immersed in a physical environment, unquote. How about that? And we already have this too, just like AR. Have you ever heard of Oculus? You probably have, even though it's not a thing anymore, because now Oculus, which has those headset thingies that you put on, it was bought by Facebook. And then Facebook changed its name to Meta. So now it's Meta. And the headset that you might have, or a lot of people have, and you've probably seen before, the commercials is called the Meta Quest. And this is basically a headset that you put on over your head, over your eyes, and it basically immerses you in this other reality. Basically an imaginary world, because it's not actually real. It's not just this one TV screen. It's, you're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking 360 view, is you're looking at this totally different world. Like, if you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you're kind of like, what, what are you talking about, Zeta? You just have to, it's kind of a thing you have to experience. But once you do, you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. But Meta, because I know Meta and Facebook, you know, not the greatest in the world. They're not the only ones with headsets out there. There's one from HP, like the computers. So there's one from HTC. There's one from Valve. There's one from Sony. There's a PlayStation VR. There's a Microsoft one called HoloLens. 
But metas, the meta quests, are far and away the most popular on the market. And you're probably asking, if you've never done one before, Xander, what exactly do you do on these headsets? Good question! Well, you can play games like Beat Saber. Like, last- I'm recording this Tuesday night, so Monday night, last night, I put on the headset. Because we have one here. If you say so! And I put it on, and I played Beat Saber. Because I wanted to, you know, talk about it on the podcast here. And so Beat Saber is basically this game where you're listening to music, and you have to use- it has these kind of, like, nunchuck holder thingies, like controllers in both hands that you have to hold. And in this game, you have to use those to swipe up, down, left, right at a block that is floating towards you. And you have to do it in rhythm with the song that you're listening to, with both hands, usually. I think there's a one-hand mode, but in both hands. And basically, you're immersed. This is the only thing you can see. And it has these speakers on it, too, which make it feel like the music is all around you, too, wherever you're standing. Like, it's totally immersive. You can play games like Beat Saber. You can do an actual workout on an app. There's an app called Supernatural. You can work out and you can actually sweat. They have boxing and stuff. They have rec room. You can play a ton of sports on there. You could watch movies and TV shows on something like Netflix. Like, you can actually... I mean, this is kind of, you probably think it's lame, but you can sit in like this theater thing and look at a, you know, flat screen and watch Netflix or whatever. But they also have things where you're in it. So they have a meta for the quest has a partnership with the NBA. And so you put on the headset and you can watch a game, an NBA game, and you're literally courtside at the game. And you turn, and it's not just the screen because you're looking at the game and you turn around and there's a ton of fans behind you. And the sound is coming from all around. So you feel like you're in the arena. It looks like you're in the arena. Like it's actually pretty crazy. If you're an NBA fan, which we talk about on this podcast too, you could ride a roller coaster. There's an app that has famous roller coasters that you ride, which might actually get you nauseous, like I got one time. You can interact with other people. This is what Meta, Facebook, has tried to do a lot, is build this virtual community. And there's a lot more that you can do. There's a ton of things you can do on these. It's actually insane. Once you put it on for the first time, it's incredible. It really feels like the future once you put it on. Like, you're in a whole nother world. And the exciting thing is, these could just be the beginning for both of these technologies, VR and AR. VR. We basic, I basically just raved about all this stuff, but AR might be the more exciting of the two in terms of the future it has, and which I'll get to in a second. But I wanted to take a little trip down memory lane. I hope you'll do that with me, because it's going to prove my point. Debatable. We're going to go back to ancient times, 1973. Motorola, which is a company you've probably heard of, created the first handheld Mobile phone. Didn't have a cord. Amazing. Incredible. I mean, wow. In 1992, almost 20 years later, the first smartphone was invented by IBM. And in 94, it began selling commercially. The IBM Simon, as it was called, could obviously make phone calls, but it also had this thing called a touchscreen. It could send and receive emails. It had a calendar. It had an address book, and it had a notepad. 
revolutionary. And it was at the time, but not a lot of people had it. But in the 15 years or so since the IBM Simon, cell phones obviously became more and more popular. The first camera phone came in 2000. You could access the internet on a phone the next year. And by the mid-2000s, it's likely that you probably had a BlackBerry or a flip phone because those were all the rage back in the day. Xander was a little too young for that, but it was all the rage back in the day. The smartphone market was big. I mean, everybody had a phone that just you could get out of your pocket. Easy peasy. But there was still room for improvement for the smartphone market. So now we go to more recent times, 2007. There was a man who took the stage in San Francisco, decked out in his infamous black turtleneck and jeans, whose name was Steve Jobs, to unveil a device that he called a revolutionary and magical product that is literally five years ahead of any other mobile phone. At the time, he was pretty right. The iPhone was born. And looking back at it, it truly did revolutionize our world, if you think about it. But it, of course, had its detractors at the time. People saying, why do I want a phone with that's just a screen and there's only like one button or two buttons on it? That's ridiculous. Where's my, where's my keyboard? I just need a phone that can make phone calls. That's it. I don't need to get an app. I don't need to go on the internet. That's what a computer is for. Disrespectful! People thought all that. People thought it would fail. But as we know, that was not the case. And let me tell you all, the first iPhone, you know, it wasn't that great. It didn't have the app store for over a year after it launched. Like, we take a look at the phones we have now. I'm holding this phone I got like a year and a half ago, the iPhone compared to the first iPhone, and there's a total, there's a huge difference. Like, for instance, the second iPhone was the first to come with 3G internet speeds. The first iPhone didn't even have 3G. And 3G, now, if you get 3G on your phone, that's terrible. And it was priced at $500, which people at the time were like, are you crazy? And right now, in today's value, that's $712.23, if you look at the inflation calculator. That was crazy at the time. Of course, that's, you know, <laughs> not as expensive as some of the iPhones we have now. But still, people were like, $500 for a phone? But still, a lot of people bought it. Over a million units sold in the first year. By 2008, that was 11 million. And last year, it was estimated that over 2 billion, with a B, iPhones have been sold worldwide since it launched in 2007. You know? We couldn't imagine a world where desktop and laptop computers wouldn't be the most impactful technological item in our lives. And now, we can't imagine a world where our phones don't dominate our lives like they do. But I'm just going to tell y'all, there is going to be a time when something overtakes them. When our phones, these little big chunks, bricks, screens, just this all-screen thing, It doesn't dominate our lives anymore because it'll be something else. And it could just be augmented and virtual reality. Cool facts, bro. And I was just explaining those and what they do. And you probably said, Zader, I don't, okay, whatever. But like, I can touch my phone. I can do whatever I want. You know, there's more things I can do with my phone than with augmented reality or the virtual reality headsets. And right now that's true. But right now, we're also at the beginning phase of augmented and virtual 
reality. Just like we were at the phase in the late 1990s and the early 2000s with the smartphones. Because smartphones were starting to pop up all over the place. They were a pretty hot topic and their technology was progressing, you know, at a steady pace. And then we have this revolution that is the iPhone. And then Apple has this big thing. And then Samsung has their phones, their Galaxy phones. And Microsoft had their Windows phones, I think. Yeah. Somehow, some way. And there's all the Android phones. And Google has their own phones now. And they're all still smartphones, but they're totally different from what we had in the late 90s and early 2000s. And right now, as we sit here in February now of 2023, we have virtual reality headsets. We have them, but some of them need to be connected to a computer to use. Or the PlayStation one, like you actually need to plug it into a PlayStation to use it. So that's not the greatest. The most popular headset, as I said, is from Meta, the Quest. But, you know, you actually look at the resolution. The screen resolution isn't that great. It's limited in what it could do. And at least for me, if you wear it for longer than just a few minutes, it gets uncomfortable. And that's, you know, looking online, that's the case for a lot of people. It gets uncomfortable. Like those things are kind of heavy on your head and on your face, especially when you have to adjust the head straps because the resolution, it looks all blurry and you can't see anything. And then it, when it actually does look good, it's smushing your face, and then you take it off, and you've got all these lines on your face. Oof. Not the greatest. And, you know, Meta does have a higher quality headset, which is supposed to be better, has better resolution, better battery life, all that stuff. And you can get it for the low price of $1,499. And then augmented reality is basically just limited to apps on our phones or presentations that we see on the TV right now. So it's easy to see right now why AR and VR have their detractors. Because current technology just isn't there to the point where this can be a product that, like, takes over our lives. Just like in the early 2000s, it wasn't there to have these big touchscreen phones like we have now that can do all the stuff that ours can do that phones couldn't do 20 years ago. Like, our phones, our cameras, we've got this... I guess my phone has this three camera set up on the back and it can take 4K videos and super high quality photos. And like, could you imagine a phone doing that, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago? And it could do so many other things too. Like we think about all the things our phones can do in just this one little rectangle. And none of us would have thought about this happening five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But technology is advanced that it's happened. So wouldn't you think that AR and VR technology is probably just going to keep getting better? Like, what if we were able to use a virtual reality headset like the MetaQuest that we have now, but it was better? We could essentially travel to new realities and do so for long periods of time. Like, what if I'm in the middle of Mario World? I don't know if you've all seen this, but at Universal Studios... They just opened the Super Mario World, and it looks really cool, and I really want to go. But what if you were in that Super Mario World, and you could, and it felt like it from the speakers and the ambiance, and you could see it, and you look around, and you look up and down, and side to side, and behind you, and in front of you, and it looks, and it feels like you're actually there. Right now, we can do that, but... You know, we know we're wearing this headset thing and it's, you know, it's heavy on our head and we can't really do it for long periods of time because the battery's going to die. What if we could do that for long periods of time and 
because we have the comfort level and the battery life to be able to do that. What if we could actually ride the rides at Super Mario World and our headset would kind of like move around or whatever? Why would you do this to me? Like that's what we could do with virtual reality. That's just an example. But what if we were also able to just put on a simple pair of glasses, so kind of like the glasses you wear now, if you wear glasses, and have things pop up in the lens while we're walking down the street. So, for example, if I'm walking down Main Street in a town, or in Manhattan or whatever, and I'm looking to go to dinner, and I'm wearing my super-duper fancy AR glasses, and I look at this one restaurant, and I look at the name of it, and I look at the building, and on my glass lenses, so I can see it, and it looks like it's right on the building, pops up the Yelp review, or the Yelp rating, and the menu for the restaurant. Like, that's one example of what that could do. Or, you know, like if we're driving and we put them on, navigation tools could be, like, out of the corner of our eye, so it wouldn't, you know, block the screen so we could still see the road. But the navigation tools could be, you know, right in the corner of our eye. We wouldn't have to move our eyes. Or move around and look at the screen that's in the center of the car and be like, where am I going? It could be right there. Or we could hold FaceTime-like calls using our glasses. So I could just, you know, I could see someone's calling me. I wouldn't even have to take them off my glasses. And I could click accept and I could see them and they can see me. And potentially not just, you know, the face, but like a full body version of FaceTime. Almost like a hologram, almost. Like those things you see in Star Wars. I find your lack of fate disturbing. Or, you know, ones where our reminders pop up or our Twitter feed pops up out of the corner of the screen and we can scroll through it while looking at other things. Or we could be, you know, turn on a sporting event like the U.S. men's national team. If you want to watch soccer and no one else wants to watch soccer, well, you can watch it on your lenses and you can still see your other surroundings but no one else could watch or maybe even hear it. Or you could scroll through the news or you could play a game, you know, whatever. Check your email, watch YouTube, bet on a game, like whatever. I mean, you know, real-time translation with someone who's speaking in a different language. And we could do all this, and I'm not talking about some big clunky device like the ones you see now, like the MetaQuest 2, which weighs about 500 grams, which could be uncomfortable on your face. It can also look weird and you wouldn't want to walk down the street with those. I'm just talking about like a simple pair of glasses like we have now. You could just put that on and you could instantly, you know, find information like we do with our phones. And you could have that information. You could also see the world around you. Well, that is sounds pretty cool. That would grab my attention. And that just isn't like some speculation about what our future could hold either. That's not like Flintstones level, oh, this might happen. No. It's probably going to happen because the biggest tech companies in the world are working on this technology, actually. In the last few months, rumors have begun to heat up that the biggest one of them all, the one that actually launched the smartphone revolution, is about to jump in the game. We've got Meta, Facebook, who are using these, and that's doing all right. Microsoft's made them. Google's made them. And by them, I'm talking about VR headsets. but. Apparently, according to those who report on and follow Apple closely and like to give us all these leaks, which are sometimes true, sometimes they're not, 
But a lot of these people are saying that in the next year or so, apparently as early as March, Apple is going to unveil a brand new device that isn't a Mac, it's not a phone, it's not a smartwatch, it's not a tablet, it's not a pair of earbuds. Apparently, Apple is going to unveil an AR-VR headset. AR slash VR, so it's actually mixed reality. So it's going to have augmented reality and virtual reality. How about that? And everybody's excited. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get that. You know, screw meta. The thing is, though, that thing is going to cost rumored about $2,000 to $3,000. And now you're like, uh, you screwed that. And it's also expected to only last like two hours on battery life. And you'll need a battery pack attached to your waist, apparently. Like, once you learn about that, you're like, that's not that futuristic. But it's expected to be extremely powerful, like the most advanced headset we've seen yet on the market. It's expected to be able to track your hand and your eye movements and be able to generate, as I said, a full body image, a visualization a hologram of yourself for things like FaceTime calls. That apparently is what it's going to have the power to do. And all that sounds pretty cool. And reports are that the machine is actually going to be targeted towards developers and such, and not general consumers like the MetaQuest is. And that a cheaper version is actually going to be launched in 2024, 2025. You know, one that's probably more developed and they've worked out the kinks and they can make it a lower price because the technology is obviously going to advance and it's going to get cheaper. So basically, if that's the case, then Apple probably isn't planning on this device becoming a major excess, but it's just one that gets its foot in the door with the companies that it's going to be competing with in the market. Like, Meta and Sony and Microsoft. Like, just like with the iPhone, Apple wasn't the first to make a smartphone, but they were the ones who a lot of people thought perfected it. They enhanced the market. That's basically what they're hoping to do with augmented reality and virtual reality. You know, they weren't the first ones with a tablet, but everybody loves the iPad. They weren't the first ones with a smartwatch, but everybody loves a smartwatch. They weren't the first ones with earbuds. But go around somewhere like a college campus and everybody is wearing AirPods. And so now they don't want to be the first on this. They want to be the ones that perfect it. So they want to be the ones that everybody says, oh my gosh, this one is the best. And that'll probably take some time because they've got to develop the technology. And we might not, you know, it's probably not there yet for all this kind of stuff. But it's coming up fast. Get ready, y'all, because this is, you know, what I believe to be the next big thing. And I know that's not the most extensive collection of information on AR and VR, but I bet it does pique your interest. That's like, that could be pretty cool one day, all the things that it could do. Sure about that? You know, this is the type of technology that a lot of tech companies are betting the future on, like Meta and Facebook. Facebook has not been doing too well, but that's, you know, a lot of other things are going on with Facebook who have basically, you know, gone all in on virtual reality. But there's a lot of companies who are investing heavily in this. But the thing is, you know, right now, can it replace our phones as the dominant technology in our lives? The answer, of course, is no. But think about just a few years down the line, you know, if we can put on a simple pair of glasses that, you know, aren't that intrusive and experience almost an augmented extension to our lives and augmented reality 
and we can basically do everything we can on our phones, but with these glasses, then that could be it. That could be the thing that basically is the revolution. And rumor has it that Apple is also planning their own AR glasses like that to apparently be released in a few years. And other companies are obviously looking at that as well. So, you know, just these simple little glasses that can, you know, do everything a phone can and more, that could be that could be the next big thing. Just like smartphones did almost two decades ago, augmented and virtual reality could be the next big thing. The technology that totally changes our daily lives that everyone now has and it totally changes how everybody's life works you know it definitely has the potential to but obviously you know there are probably some people who thought this would happen with tablets like when the ipad came out or with smartwatches they've obviously had an effect you know on our lives because i'm recording this with a microphone that's connected to a computer and I'm reading, you know, all my notes off of a tablet, and I've got my smartwatch on my wrist right now, so obviously they have had an impact on our lives, but probably not to the extent that AR and VR could have. Like, for the example I just gave of recording my podcast, like, there's probably going to be microphones on the glasses where I can record. There's probably going to be, you know, I can put up my notes, and I can put up the recording page or software and I can look at those on my augmented reality with my glasses, and I could basically just use my glasses to record the podcast. That's probably way down the line, but like, that's the potential that it has. And obviously, it's way down the line because the technology needs to improve. Like, we have these big headsets, the VR ones right now, not because we want them to be big, but because that's how small we can fit all the, you know, the processor and the chip and the battery and all that stuff in them. So to make these glasses and to make it so that they have a long enough battery life so that we can use them throughout the day and so that they're, you know, powerful enough and they have cameras on them and microphones, we need to make all those components, you know, really, really super, super small. This is true. And we need new technology for that. And that's what companies like Apple are working on right now. That's their biggest issue is getting the things that they actually need to run the device to be super, super small. But once they can do that, I mean, then there you go. Then that'll be exciting. And hopefully it comes within the next few years. So we'll see what they have in store. Don't say I didn't warn you when this gets big. Santa warned you. Because if I was a betting man, I would absolutely bet that AR and potentially VR are dominating our future. Maybe within the next decade. I mean, how about that? Put your facts on it. Xander's Facts. Xander's Facts. So there you have it, y'all. That is this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember that if you liked all the facts on this week's Xander's Facts Flashback, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all the socials, threads, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Xander's Facts, that is Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends Spread the facts! That's what we call it around here, Xander's Facts. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, about Xander's Facts on YouTube. All our new episodes, including this flashback, get posted to YouTube eventually. Go check out the Xander's Facts YouTube page, and also check out the Xander's Facts link tree, which is also linked in this episode's description, because it has all the Xander's Facts links 
that you need. So, that's the Zeta's Facts flashback for this week. Next week is the first week of August, August 2nd, and we've got a new episode, episode 113, that'll be coming out with some brand new facts, so you should go tune in for those next week. Remember to check that out. But that is it. That is a wrap on this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 113 next week. The caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Guadalajara.